When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Five Things. Uh, this is Eric McKinney, joined as always by Mark Culkin and Greg Katz, and we're here after USC's 45 to 27 loss to Oregon State in the Coliseum. First time in 61 years that Oregon State is celebrating a win uh, down here on, on the turf at the Coliseum. Uh, and, and again, we're going to go our five things. The first thing we're going to give is, is our player of the game. Greg, go ahead and, and jump in with your player of the game. Well, I think I needed a Sherlock Holmes microscope uh, 10 times over, maybe the Palomar microscope to actually find something. Uh, obviously, um, wasn't a pretty sight, guys. Not a pretty sight. But I went with uh, safety Isaiah Palomalu uh, because he had 11 tackles, six solo, five assisted. I don't know if that's a good thing when your safeties are making all these tackles, but he was active. Uh, and I'm also going to give some credit on the offensive side to Keaton Slovis. He was only sacked twice. Uh, he wasn't knocked out of the game. He went wire to wire, uh, 31 of 49 for 355 yards, one touchdown. And, you know, the three interceptions, uh, the two were kind of, I think, near the end when it was kind of like desperation time. So, you know, trying to turn a negative into a positive in this situation is really hard. But uh, that's the best that I could do. Yeah, Drake London for me uh, on the offensive side, 10 catches, 165 yards. And, and the pro- it's going to be a problem if he is the player of the game every single game. Look, he's good enough to do it. USC's got to find – they've got to find something else. They've got to find not a throw it down the sideline and, and hope Drake makes a play. Um, I, I think that's, you know, an issue right now. But, but the real player of the game, it's Jonathan Smith, the, the head coach for Oregon State. That guy, what he has built – in just a, a few years there, um, kind of, you know, under the radar there in Corvallis and, and doing it pretty quietly. This, this offense looks like what USC's offense used to look like. It, it is a dominant run game. There is a ton of play action. It feels like they can get anything they want at any time against USC in, in this game. So uh, a ton of credit to him. Uh, Oregon State quarterback, running back, offensive coordinator, all of it. But but that is a a nice program uh, that Jonathan Smith has built there. Mark, go ahead. You're your player of the game. Yeah, um, I'm stretching and looking, and I can't find one. So, um, yeah, there there wasn't one. Can, is that an acceptable answer tonight? Well, we each get two, so you're good. We're, we've got the average covered. Okay. You know what I would like to say though, uh, on behalf of Mark. Uh, is that um, echoing on your point, Eric, which I think is a good time to do it. I had written before that Jonathan Smith should be considered as one of the possible candidates as a head coach. Not that he's a big fish because he's at Oregon State, but you know, this guy's pedigree of being under Chris Peterson and being under Dennis Erickson, he's obviously learned his craft. If he was at a higher profile school, but you know what? If they run out of A-list guys, I would not have a hesitation talking to him. 
you know, he's not a real extroverted, you know, L.A. charismatic guy, but either was John McKay when he first came here. Okay. It's about winning at USC. But I just wanted to throw that in there because I think that Jonathan Smith deserves that type of uh, recognition for what he's done as well. Well, Jonathan Smith accomplished what the Oregon State Beavers have not done since. I think, Greg, you're the only person who's been alive to see them win here. I, I You know, I was hoping you would bring that up. Uh, I was actually 10 years old. I was seven uh, years from my father's. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was seven years out. Thanks for being so specific on that. That was appreciated. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell there's a little bit of emotion here, so I could never tell. <laughs> Let, let's go to uh, let, let's go to the second thing, and and Greg, you had to go ahead and, and get started, that, and that's the play of the game uh, for for you, Greg, in, in this lopsided loss. Okay, um, you know I was looking at it, and it, it struck me as the play of the game for me was with 12:06 remaining in the third quarter when uh, Chance Nolan hit uh, Tyjon Lindsay for the 17-yard TD pass, and I say that because the Trojans were right there. It was like 21-17, I think the score was, and then they boosted it up to 28-17, and there's something about cutting through to a double-digit lead. I think it was like the moment of truth, and unfortunately, the truth was the truth. Mark, go ahead. Your, your play of the game. I'm trying to figure out which drop pass probably contributed to the downfall of the team tonight. So without being specific, all the drop passes. Yeah. And, if and anybody can tell, I'm probably not going to be the most positive person tonight. So I don't, I don't think anybody needs to be positive from this. This, this, well, was, a matter a, of, this was a drilling. Yeah. No, this, it, drilling. Yeah. This, this was a pounding. Uh, the Trojans gave up what 500 and what were the final total? 500 and what yards? 317 of those were on the ground. I got nothing to say. Nothing nice to say right now. Yeah, my, my play of the game is there at the end of the second quarter, and, and it's plays. It, it's a five-play, 92-yard drive where it looked like, you know, hey, USC has the ball towards the end of the second quarter. Maybe they can get something going, score some points, go into halftime because you are going to have to kick it off. Instead, they punt. Oregon State just jams it straight down. And USC was able to get three after that. But that drive, that that was the second 92-yard drive in a row for Oregon State. And when they did that, that was the, the first exclamation point of USC really doesn't have any answers. Not not just, oh, maybe they can figure it out. This was a statement of you you cannot stop this offense. And that to me was going in, you know, you're sitting there at halftime thinking this is not going to end well. There, there probably isn't going to be a, a second half rebound here. And, and that was a, in a game full of statements from Oregon State, that to me was signified kind of the, the biggest, uh, you know, Chris Steele said after the game, we got punched in the chin. That, that was a, a knockout blow for me, uh, that drive. Let's go with um, Greg back to you and, and move to the third thing. And, and this is what you expected to see and, and it delivered. I said on inside the uh, Trojans huddle, our little video camp panel show on Tuesdays, plug, shameless, um, that OSU's offense was going to be tough to handle, that it was going to be a tougher than tough game. They're leading the conference in offense. And people pointed out, well, they beat Hawaii, they beat Idaho, Idaho State, whichever Idaho potato they're talking about, okay? It's one of the Idahos. But 
you know what? When you got a balanced attack like that and you have a philosophy and you know what the hell you're doing, uh, I expect that. What I didn't expect that it would be as bad and as thorough and as demonstrative as it was. It left, you ever heard the term, leave no doubt? I think that was Pete Carroll's motto the uh, one year they won the national championship, I think in 2003 or 2002. They left no doubt. That score at the end was much worse, like the Stanford game, than what, 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 it, what it's going to say in the, on the internet headlines today. Yeah, Mark, go ahead and go. Well, was there anything from this game that you expected to see that, that delivered? Uh, well, I expected them to be able to run the ball. I did not expect them to gain 10 yards a carry. Uh, what was the final average? Um, because that left a very big footprint on my forehead. Um, and, and it wasn't just that they ran. It's that they threw the ball at will, too. There was not one thing that USC was able to do successfully on defense. Not one thing. And, and for the life of me, you know, you're looking for an adjustment at halftime. And it's almost like Oregon State made a secondary adjustment because whatever Todd Orlando and Vic Sooto and, and Dante Williams and Craig Niver were, were game planning. You mentioned it. When Isaiah Polamau is your leading tackler, that's not a good sign. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, the run game for me, right? Oregon State, they, they want to run the ball. It, it feels a little like when Stanford was kind of running through. I mean, the, this is something Oregon State does not have the players when you look at the names and that kind of thing to be able to, to do this, but boy, they did it. And it's a system and a scheme. And I had thrown out kind of to, to you, Mark, during, during practice and, and throughout the week, kind of over under of, of 250 rush yards for Oregon state. If, if things go badly, right. If things go badly for, for USC and, and they hit that 319, the Oregon state answer. So, so I expected them to run again. I think for all of us, the expectations we had coming into this game, they all got blown out of the water a little bit. We, we saw a little bit of maybe what we were expecting, but then to that degree, I I just don't know. I, I don't think, we, I don't think anybody away. saw that. They couldn't take away any aspect of their offense, not one side of it, off running the ball or passing. Mm-hmm. And so we'll go, I mean, we, we all sort of hit it, on, hit it on a little bit, but the fourth thing is what surprised you? What surprised you from this game? Greg, go ahead and, uh, and go with yours. What surprised me, there's, again, no sacks. Not one sack in this game. Uh, I was surprised, not tremendously, that, again, we we didn't score in the third quarter again. Okay? This is a pattern that's been going on for ever and a day. And I'm sorry, uh, you know, you, I don't even think it's adjustments anymore. It is the system. It is the play caller. I am sorry. I don't mean to hurt people's feelings. But this has gone on long enough. People were booing Clay Helton. I think the focal point, and I'm not, I'm not leading a band here to have this happen, but 
they're going to turn their attention on, on the offensive play calling and the philosophy. I think the air raid, the faster it's gone and we can start a new beginning, the happier SC fans will be. The unfortunate part is we're still in the first third. Of, well, we're kind of completed today, the first third of the season. And, um, you know, I, I think what surprised me is that it was on both sides of the ball this time that the, the it was just horrible. Uh, you know, Todd Orlando's biggest rap is that after teams have seen his defense for maybe three years, they kind of catch on to what's going on and things kind of statistically go. You know, I shudder to think what Notre Dame is going to do uh, in terms of keeping the ball on the ground. I watched them today. And, and believe me, some of these uh, UCLA, what they did, what they do on the ball. And, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I wish I did. And I wish I had an answer that I could be wrong at. But I think they're in a lot of trouble. You know, I think mentally and physically. Yeah, Mark, go ahead. Do the, the thing that, that surprised you from this game. A lack of fight. I, you know, I mentioned this last week. This team was already very tenuous. They were already walking on eggshells. Uh, I think the confidence on this team is literally about to shatter. I mean, right now it's being held together by I don't know what. But, you know, Eric, you know, we talk to these players after the game. And a lot of the stuff we don't talk about on the on the message board or we, we don't write about it. Um, this team has a lot of issues in that locker room. It, it's well beyond the scheme. There is there's just a lot of stuff going on. So for me, it was the lack of fight. That's what surprised me to, to, to hear the team talk about, you know, the energy that Dante brings and the halftime rah-rah speech or whatever he gave last week at Pullman to, to help them score 45 unanswered points. That didn't work this week. And when you're 0-2 at home in conference against the two teams that you were anticipating beating significantly, we can point to the scheme, we can point to the coordinators, but there is a bigger underlying issue right now. And there is no trust and there's no confidence. Yeah, I, I think that's it for me, is the way that they came out and, and couldn't fight back. I mean, against Washington State, they come out of the second half and they figure things out, um, get it going kind of in a positive direction. It's it's tough when you are told to do things right. You you have Clay Helton as the coach and he tells you to do things a certain way and you, and you do them and you just get blown out by Stanford. And now you've got Dante Williams in there and he tells you to do things a certain way and you do them and you get blown out by, by Oregon State. The, you know, it, that is tough to rebound from. But again, I, I anticipated them when it started going kind of blow for blow. Okay, they're going to they're going to pick it up and, and they're going to go. And Graham Merrill said after the game, boy, it, it kind of felt, you know, paraphrasing a little bit, but it, it felt like our energy just got zapped as soon as we faced a little bit of adversity. And it felt like this team would not be a team that did that, that they'd want to fight for Dante, that, that they, you know, that they wanted to be back at home and show out and, and do well. Uh, for them to have just no answers, no answers defensively, and then just sort of fall apart offensively. Uh, that surprised me. And that goes into, I think, our, our next point, our fifth thing. And, and again, we all sort of hit on this a little bit. Greg, you, you go ahead and go. This is spinning it forward. Your biggest takeaway from this game and how it looks the rest of the year. I think this team's in trouble. I think this team's in trouble because they haven't even got to the meat of the schedule yet. 
uh, you know, it's possible that Stanford and it's possible that Oregon State are really part of the meat of the schedule. We just didn't really totally believe it at the time, but we better believe it now. Um, I don't know what the answer is going to be for this team, but I think you guys hit it on the head. Uh, you can ch changing the scheme. It's like changing uniform colors and all that. So it's still the same body. And somehow, some way, the captains on this team are going to have to prove that they're captains. They're going to have to try to get into this. This is a player thing now, as well as a schematic problem. And um, they say a leopard doesn't change his spots. I will say this. If they don't get themselves together, it's going to be one of the longest seasons that we have seen. And we've seen some tough ones. Mm. But this one has the earmarks of having a real difficult deal. Because as Mark pointed out, you start losing games at home, you're going to start losing fans in the stands. Okay? Everyone knows there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But we're not at that light yet. That'll be the coaching change. That'll be like the hope is returned. But if these players are going to do something, they have to look inside themselves. And I agree with Mark. I agree with you. They, that's where it's got to begin. The, you know, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make a drink. These coaches can stay up all night and then some. But if the players don't buy into whatever they want to do, it's still their team. You know, Dante Williams, those type of uh, speeches at halftime are good maybe once or twice a season at most with a regular head coach. He's, he has shot his, um, how shall I put it? Uh, I don't want to use Wad. it. Oh, well, see, there's always one. Taking his shot. Yeah, he's he, he taking his shot. Uh, it's beyond him now. It's beyond him. So it's a game week by week season now. Hopefully they can't, this team cannot look ahead to anything. You know, maybe it's good they're going to go to Colorado because Colorado has really not a great offense uh, and but we'll see what happens. You know, anything can happen with this team. They're gonna try to run it. Uh, uh, Mark, Mark, yeah. <laughs> go, Mark. Go ahead. Your fifth thing. Spin it. Spin it forward. Your biggest takeaway from this game. Um. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is, I, I think right now the players they need to have a players only meeting. No coaches. These guys need to come together and say, you know what? Let's play for ourselves. Forget the fans. Forget the staff. Let's not embarrass ourselves anymore. Let's pretend, you know, let's remember, you know, the colors we're wearing. Um, you know, I'm, I, 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 again, I'm going to go back to what I said last week. Very rarely can I not put my finger on, on the pulse of, of, of a USC football team. This is a team that I literally, I cannot read right now. I can talk to them and they'll give me the answers off the record. But uh, yeah, Dante's got a he's got a long road ahead for the next what eight games. Yeah, there's not a lot I want to. There's not a lot to spin forward. Practices on Tuesday will be out there, and hopefully, uh, they'll have the right mindset. Yeah, I I think this game for me gives you a better answer of of where the team is than certainly Washington State now. I mean, as you put all the pieces together and try to figure out kind of what the team is, yeah, it Washington State kind of the way they played without their starting quarterback and and that sort of thing, the energy bump that USC got from the first game with with Dante Williams, those weigh a little bit heavier now as as you start putting all the all the pieces together and and that's absolutely the the spin forward this team needs to figure out who they are, what they do well, and and start doing those 
things. And, and if the answer to those things is, is nothing, Greg, like you said, this was a, a conversation of like, could, could this team be, you know, six and O as you start getting into things and, and could, you know, could they, they run off a, a winning streak before that, that tough, you know, maybe Utah, Notre Dame, when, when you're talking about stuff at the beginning of the year, you're, I mean, that looks light years away light years away at this point. And so, yeah, they, they need to gather up and figure out what can we do offensively? What can we do defensively? Because what Oregon state did didn't seem all that difficult. They, they ran it hard. They pushed them around. They reset the line of scrimmage four five, six yards downfield on every snap offensively. And te- if teams want to do that, if, if they've built themselves in the trenches, they're going to be able to do that. So the takeaway here is, yeah, USC's got to figure out what what do we do well, and we need to start doing that. And the, the scary thing is, what are those answers? What what does this team do well offensively, defensively? I, I think there's potentially some real soul searching uh, that that has to go on with this team this week. And again, like you said, getting out of the Coliseum, going to Colorado, hopefully that sets it up. But again, does that whatever happens there does that just mask kind of where you are this it's what's clear i think at this point and we can you guys can hop back in with with maybe a final thought before we wrap up but what's clear is that this this was not a a one coaching change away from getting to the bottom and and rooting out everything and, and getting back to where you need to go this is you know you look at offensive line you look at defensive line you look at scheme you look at just elite skill on the outside on on both sides and there, there are a lot of questions. Um, not after, not just after this game, but this game puts that kind of magnifying glass on on things that we have seen uh, over, over the last few years. Mark, I did, if you I was just going to encourage there. everybody to watch the video interviews because I think you'll you'll see the body language, you'll you'll hear the words that are coming out of the mouths of the players and the coaches specifically. There's not a lot of answers that are coming out. And, and that's, I think, the scary part is that we are now asking very direct, specific questions and you're getting the thousand yard stare and you're getting a thousand word answers that literally are not answering the question because there's no answers. They know that they can, they, you can't say if they would have not dropped so many passes early in the game, things would have been better. Later in the game, they were catching passes. So it, it's much deeper than that. Yeah, Greg, I don't know if you want to tie a bow on this. And, and I, I would like to, I'd like to end this uh, from being a funeral uh, dissertation <laughs> to an uplifting moment, if I could. Whoever the new head coach is, is going to have tremendous leverage. Okay, That new coach could say to them, you need me, and the best way to get me is to make me financially secure. It's a real bargaining chip because Mike Bone and Carol Fultz the way things are going are not going to be in any position to uh, tighten the purse strings and do something on cheap. I think that much is clear to me. So maybe this, uh, you know, turning a negative into a positive that down the road, you know, a coach that says, great, I'm really, they really need me. And uh, they're going to, they're going to give into some of the things they might not have given into before. So uh, I I'd like to leave on that positive note. Yeah, so that that's our five things wrap up from uh, Oregon State's just big convincing win here at, at the Coliseum, forty-five to twenty-seven. 
uh, over the USC Trojans. For Greg Katz, for Mark Culkin, this is Eric McKinney. Thanks for watching. We are SC.